Hello and welcome to Cake Watch, the podcast about Brexit and cake and the having it and still being able to eat it. My name is Steve Bullock. Uh, I'm an ex-negotiator for the UK in the EU, currently a Brexit geek for Alan Smith, MEP. And I'm usually joined by my colleague Chris, who is a Eurocrat, speaking in an entirely personal capacity. But Chris isn't here this week, uh, and for very good reason, uh, because uh, Chris has become a father again. To uh, He's had a baby called George, and um, want to send huge, huge, huge congratulations. So instead of Chris, um, I'm very, very excited to say that we have a guest co-host with us this week in the shape of Steve Analyst. Welcome to Cakewatch, Steve. Hello. Um, it's, I, I, uh, I took the opportunity when I saw uh, Chris was having the baby to, uh, to do the old cuckoo thing and uh, <laughs> slide, into, <laughs> slide into the, uh, the podcast. I, uh, I, I, did, I did message you, didn't I, and say, are you doing, yeah. a, you're doing a cake watch? I just, just, just wondered. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, if you were, if you're planning to anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> so you may know Steve Analyst from uh, such threads as... Uh, hello, the UK. This is America. We need to have a chat. Yes, <laughs> um, and other amazing threads on 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 Twitter. Uh, do you want to do you want to say a bit about who you are? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm Steve. I'm a I'm an analyst. I was a um, an analyst for a multinational, um, and we used to do things like look at um, different products and look at different markets and look at different regulation and different legislation. Um, and uh, deliver products all over the world. Um, and then I was made redundant. I became an entrepreneur. Um, and then I ended up talking about stuff that I used to do on the internet. That's really, really what it comes down to. I think that's what, we're all, what we've all started doing <laughs> is talking about stuff we used to do on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you, your medium, but you're, I mean, you're quite famous for your medium being threads. And you don't do threads... So threads for those who don't use Twitter, although if you don't use Twitter, how the hell you've heard of this podcast is beyond me. But in case we have one or two listeners who don't use Twitter, threading is, uh, threading is putting, putting, a, line of, putting a, a line of tweets together yeah. uh, to, to make a, a, you know, a, coherent, a coherent argument or a, a, coherent, uh, a coherent article. I mean, it's sort of like writing an article, but with... You know, each point very clearly kind of delineated, which is what I like about it because I, I tend to go on at length, and you can't when you do that. Yes. you have to be you have to be pretty pretty concise and you know bite sized points and and, and thoughts. Uh, so, I mean, what what led you to what led you to to this? Yeah, do you know what? It's the weirdest thing. Um, so I remember uh, reading uh, David Allen Green doing it, and he used to do it a lot, and he used to do these very good threads, and. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, looking back, I think I did one one thread in the referendum. It just wasn't something I did. Um, mm. I used to make I used to make bitmaps of of writing and stick them into a single tweet and try and get as much uh, as much retweets as I could. Um, and it was only it was only after the last um, general election 
that I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to start tweeting out some information about stuff. I'm going to tweet about the American, how Americans tr- um, go about trade deals. I'm going to tweet about um, how we created the WEU and then put it in the EU, and now we're going to walk away. And we now we there's a, like a whole army organization that we created that we'd had for years that we were now leaving. Yeah. And it was effectively ours. Um, and then. Then I did Hello United Kingdom and, and everything changed. <laughs> uh, suddenly, yeah, uh, suddenly I, I found myself in a position where I was having to double check what I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, quite an, it's quite an alarming thing when you discover that somebody might be reading it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, the, it's, it's much easier before that because uh, you can just say whatever you want. And then what, what, yeah, once you know people are reading it, you, you have to be a little bit more careful, do you? One of my threads was... One of my threads before United Kingdom was about 60 years out of date. It, some of the information was like... <laughs> and I, and I, I was like, I must go back and delete that. <laughs> that was yeah, horrendous. Yeah. You find some information and go, okay, this is how it works. And then you realise, oh, shit, no, this was written in 19... This was written before 1954. This is... <laughs> this is it, it's probably correct, but I, I can't say for sure. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, de- I definitely moved. I definitely moved to sort of fact checking, uh, fact checking just to believe the things that you know that I'd heard <laughs> were actually true. You know? Oh yeah, I, 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 I've never done. I've never, I can't say. I, I, you, you really need to avoid that. That I've, I don't think I've ever done what I've heard, but I do respond with things I've heard. Mm. But I'm always very careful about how I how I how I say that. I say I think this, or I, you know, yeah. I believe. Very rare. It's just I always try and make the distinction between making something that's a fact that I know is a fact and I believe. Um, and there's certain things I believe that's going on at the moment that aren't necessarily true. Um, yeah, absolutely. No, it's subjective versus objective. Eh? Pardon? Yeah, I mean, it's subjective versus objective. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's only there's only so much information I have about Brexit. It's massively complex, um, so I'm going to have opinions which are based on nothing, and then I'm going to have opinions which are based on facts. And the difficulty the, the difficulty I find being in Brussels is that I hear a lot of stuff, and I know that it's a fact that I've heard it, and it's <laughs> a fact, and, and it's a fact that it's influenced what I think, but it might not be. It might not be a fact that uh, that it's that it's actually true. It may have been somebody telling me about a rumor or telling me something they'd heard or third hand. So, um, so it's quite. I find it. You know, it's quite difficult to filter that filter that out. But not even just for messaging, but for you know, for for my own views as well. You know, um, yeah. So I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a tricky thing, and there's definitely a there's definitely an opaque zone in the middle between the two. Yeah, uh, um, and so I. I mean, I see. I don't. I don't like commentating on Brexit. I mean, I you know, I occasionally do tweets that commentate on Brexit. I did on the Irish border, which is a big success. But I don't. I leave that to people like David Allen Green. Um, I, I I see. I Brexit is just like watching a slow motion car crash. You know, there's so much. <laughs> I, mean, I, I took is, yeah. January off, and, and I and, and I remember coming back in January thinking the only thing that literally I could have tweeted. I told you so. Just, just constantly. I told you so. I told yeah. you so. I told you so. I told you so. There, it's just like there was nothing interesting in seeing this. There's, there's not domestically. There's nothing interesting in seeing this car crash. It's like yeah, mm. we, we saw this. We know this. We know that there's certain things that are going to happen. We know there's going to be real problems. We know that this is not the utopia that people were sold out. Um, 
Uh, yeah, so I, I, uh, it's it's quite painful watching it, and some of the is, yeah, some yeah, of the information is going to be true. Some of the information is going to be bad. Some of it's going to be um, well, not so much scaremongering, but there's, there's certainly going to be some reactionary stuff out there, yeah. um, and some stuff that has been overblown. And it's like, well, yeah, that, it's 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 happening. I'm just going to leave that to them and concentrate on the facts that I know and that's what I have. Because that way I, can, I, I don't have to, you know, it's not my opinion. I'm saying, look, this is a fact. This is a fact that this is how trade deals are done. This is a fact that yeah. this is how uh, everything, you know, you want to make an opinion on it, that's fine. But it just try, you know, I, I don't really want to do opinion pieces much because it, everyone has an opinion. Not so many people have facts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's one, that's one of the reasons I like your stuff so much. But it's not something that I necessarily do. I mean, I do sometimes look at my stuff and think yeah that is just what i reckon but it is what i reckon based on a lot of experience yeah. and talking to people and so on but yeah but it's not uh, yeah i mean i i people sometimes dm me saying you know can you take this factual assertion apart you know and i'm like <laughs> well i don't i don't know maybe maybe you should ask someone else actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I don't think it's true, but maybe you should ask someone else to take it take it apart. You know, um, and you were a negotiator, so now you get called, now you get now people call you a trade negotiator. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I I used to go around saying not trade. You know, every time somebody's called me a trade negotiator, I'd say, I'd say not trade actually, but yes, a negotiator. And it just happens to it happens too often to police that my mentions have got have got kind of ridiculous. So I, I'm going to have to put it in my profile or something, or, yeah, or, or do it. I was do a not tweet a trade negotiator. I was not a, not a trade negotiator. I sat next to the trade negotiators. Yeah, yeah. And I knew the trade negotiators very well, and I talked about trade negotiation with them very well. But I and, and I did I did do uh, development stuff, so I touched on trade. But I'm not. A, but that's very different to being a, an actual trade negotiator. People like David Hennig. Uh, were actual trade negotiators, yeah. and, it's, and it's it's you know it's very very different. So and and thank uh, God for David Hennig because um, he's now threading. I, yeah. I don't know why he suddenly started threading, but he's threading, and he t- he basically like something will come up, and and, and it'd be like normally like last year it'd be like that's a week's work for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And and, and he he's just, like <laughs> just goes straight in and says, well, no, this is this, this is this, this is this, and I'm thinking, yeah, I could have done that. But it would have taken me a lot longer than he he did because he didn't yeah, spend any yeah, time on it. He just so. said it, you know. And it's I'm so. But I like. You I will love see me thing tweet, of, retweeting him a lot now. Yeah, me too, like, me too. Me too. I love this. I love this thing of civil servants and practitioners. You know, suddenly released from the released from the shackles. Yeah, and we've seen you've seen it with um, you know uh, 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 Peter Ricketts, Lord Ricketts as well, and other uh, very senior civil servants who are now in the now in the Lords. Um, and you see that the, you know, that at the beginning of this process, they they started off being kind of, uh, you know, tweeting as if they were still in post, yeah, <laughs> or tweeting as if they'd only just had only just left. And now you see them tweeting saying, you know, this is the most absurd thing someone's <laughs> ever done. <laughs> who the fuck is who the fuck is doing this? And having a go at individual ministers and stuff like that. You know, I think they've really been. Uh, I think I think they've realised that, that a lot of people have realised that. If they don't do, you know, this is their only chance. If they don't do this, they're going to be they're going to be regretting it for a for a long time. You know? Well, you 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 were saying this about a year ago. You were saying that you hoped that this would happen. Mm. Um, it's happening awfully late. It's 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 awfully late in the process. That's this is my biggest concern. This is uh, this is this is this is one of the reasons I said I'm putting uh, let's 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 ask to go on Kate Watch because I'm I'm actually feel like I, I can't just do Twitter anymore. I can't. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually feeling the pinch. I'm feeling like there's seven months 
It's now or never. It's yeah. it's a case of if we're going to if this is going to be stopped, we have to change public opinion and fast. Yeah. Um, and how do you how do you do that? Um, and it's it's sort of like well we, we, it, it, we, the 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 call for the call for well we voted for it that has to happen well that's bollocks but yeah 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 I mean I think that I think that and I think that is that is drifting drifting off a bit this is you know talking about inevitability and time running out is a good segue into our first uh, first topic today which is no deal yes um, no no deal and, uh, I mean one of one of the it seems one of the ways that you get public opinion to shift on Brexit is to scare the fucking shit out of everybody um, with um, only I don't with think no it, deal I don't think it is I think that, that you know people are seeing this and 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 think it's fine and and I do. I do. I'm, I'm one of those people. I I hear these you think, stories. You think it'll all be fine? Yeah, you I, think it's I, all gonna, it'll all be fine? Because I'm ignorant. Calm down. I'm I'm completely ignorant of this. <laughs> the 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 I read these stories about their stockpiling blood and their stockpiling food, and and I think yeah that. I'm, but I'm not actually worried about that because I think that in the at the end of the day, in the final couple of months, they will do a they will do an agreement which which facilitates at least the minimum of what we need, or at least gets to the point where these things are not affected. But I am wholly ignorant. There are people who know a lot more about this who are saying no, this thing, and and there's still this like this little thing inside of me that is relying on my ignorance to say it's fine. And this is one of the problems that we have. Yeah, is that we we don't have we have like people that are supposed to be informing us, um, and they've allowed the debate to continue, and the the debate is over. The vote is won. and the fact is that's when it should have stopped. But now we're still having politics on what we're doing. Rather than no, this is this is what we're doing, and these are the facts about it. And instead, yeah. we've ended up with political debate about what we're doing. Well, that's ridiculous. The vote's done. It's over. That should the the, the politicians should not be the the prime focus on what we are being told now. The the prime focus should be the the experts and the information, and so the people know what is going on. And what the press are doing right now is allowing this country to sleepwalk into where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I, and Jeremy, Jeremy, Hunt even, Jeremy Hunt even gave the game away. You know, he, he talked about, you know, no deal by accident. Yeah. And which is, which is exactly what the, which is exactly what the fear is. I mean, obviously nobody, nobody will, nobody will plan, you know, to do no deal, but it's, it can very easily happen by accident, as David Allen Green likes to say, by automatic operation of law. But the, I mean, the ridiculous thing about that is, um, just, it just, just shows how how utterly mad and how how utterly ridiculous this whole thing is. We are we're in a situation where our our industry has been built around the the foundations that it's got, which is the European Union, and yeah. we've allowed the people to 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 rip away the foundations and say, well, you, you, actually that doesn't matter. And now, now our our business policy is is symbiotic. It, you know the industry sets the, the policy and the policies affects industry and they try and work together and we're now saying oh we're going to rip off this symbiotic relationship and it's all going to be fine because we, be fine, yeah. the people know better and they can just the people have decided so so it will be fine and that we're just and everything's going to be fine and and it'll all be wonderful um and it, it just it just doesn't work like that we well, do have this incredible incredible situation now of Politicians sitting opposite industry experts or CEOs of food companies and the food company, you know, and transit companies and so on and industry associations and then saying, if there's no deal, this is, uh, this is catastrophic for us in, in the following ways. And you have 
politicians, government politicians, and or conservative politicians sitting there going, "No, that's bollocks. Yeah, that's yeah. bollocks." What, yeah, no, I know. What, the, what, what, the, what the fuck do you know about just-in-time delivery in the food industry, Mister CEO of, of a supermarket? Yeah, you know? or, the, or the CEO of Jaguar, or the CEO. The, it's it's ridiculous. The, the the idea that oh well, they're just scaremongering. You no, know, do you know they're not? If they are scaremongering, it's because they're going to lose business. This is the point. They they really think that this <laughs> is bad. They have to lay people off. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but do you think there's something there's something deeper in the psyche? I, I read a tweet the other day saying that the, the, the popularity of this uh, "keep calm and carry on" meme, you know, from around 2010, yeah, is I, actually is actually the root the root cause of Brexit is 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 the popularity of this meme. In that people people do just think everything will be okay. People think this just happens automatically. Well, that's, that's, they that, think they think someone will, someone will sort it out. That's that's happening to me. That is literally happening to me. I, <laughs> I hear these stories and I think no, actually, I think that this this will be sorted. I think in the in there's time for people to get together to do something sensible. But the the problem is people aren't doing something sensible they're not there's nothing sensible in, in ripping out half a, a symbiotic relationship and then saying okay well we need a deal but we need to interpret it in the way it based on on a xenophobic twist to a binary vote there's no yeah, sense yeah. to that in fact if you look at how other com- countries um do trade deals and i'm about to do a thread well when i say about to do a thread i'm writing a thread now the, that this is the opposite way of what they do the industry yeah, itself yeah. says this is what we want and so they then go and say, okay, well, this is this is the deal that we need. And so if you look at our biggest exports, there's aeroplanes, there's cars, and there's pharmaceuticals. Now, those three together should, should say, if, if we are going to do trade deals like every country in the world, then we should be looking at the single market because every single one of our countries, our, our companies that export the most, use the single market and say we should be in the single market. That's how a normal country does it. But we're not yeah. doing that. Um, and when it comes to no deal, um, the sensible thing at this point, bear in mind that we've got like this symbiotic relationship and, we're, and all our industries are intertwined and interconnected. The sensible thing would be to say, OK, well, we'll carry on negotiating until we get to where we need to be. That yeah. would be the sensible thing to do. But we're not. We're saying, oh, no, we have to. We, no, 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 we have to leave. We don't have to leave. We have to, I, What I, we should be doing is what is sensible. Um, I love and, the thing that... The- and that's now the problem, we've got the thing that, that it would... We, there is no, there's no logic to this. This is a case of we no. have to leave the EU, we have to leave on that day and screw everything else around it, you know? And, well, we, and, saw this with, we saw this with Fox saying it would be a betrayal to ask for an extension. Yeah. A betrayal of the vote. So a vote, a vote based on no timeline whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. No timeline, yeah. No timeline whatsoever of the vote, except that it was expected that Cameron... I mean, I expected Cameron to walk out and say he would be invoking Article 50 that week. I mean, because he'd indicated that he would, and um, Corbyn wanted Corbyn wanted an immediate invocation of Article Fifty as well. But there was fundamental. There was no vote for a for a timeline. No. Um, and then the government picked a basically arbitrary. I mean, there's. I was going to say arbitrary date. There's some conspiracy theories that I might have might hold some water about when the anti money European anti money laundering uh, laws come uh. in suspiciously just after. But. Um, it was basically an arbitrary, an arbitrary date, um, thus triggering the two years and triggering it. Triggering Article Fifty is an acceptance of Article Fifty. It's an acceptance that a, that a, that an extension is available. I think what we might see with this is is, is an offer from uh, the EU to 
uh, of an extension. Yeah, well, I, I don't. I, I think I think this is very very likely, and I think it would be almost impossible when faced with when faced with the possibility of no deal for the UK government not to not to accept that. You know? the, the 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 sensible thing, if it looks like there's going to be a crash out, the sensible the sensible rational non political thing to do, the <laughs> technical thing would be to say let's extend it, mm. and if the EU and and there is an enormous amount of political capital for the EU if they do that, because ultimately then they are not responsible. No one can say to that. No one can say the EU are the responsible for no deal because the EU had said. We will continue to negotiate. Ah, but it's the plot to keep the EU, and it's the plot to keep the UK shackled, to, shackled to the EU. Someone, which I think is someone made is that one case of the biggest, to, biggest fibs that, that goes around at the moment. You know, someone made that case today to me. Like, oh, well, they're trying to keep Britain close to them by making us sign up for harmonisation. It's like no, they're, they're trying to solve the Irish border problem. They're, they're, they're making people sign up to harmonisation because that's how these problems are solved. <laughs> yeah, that's how yeah, they're solved yeah. in Switzerland. That's you know, yeah. <laughs> they are trying to solve the problem them in the way they know how now there might be some magical new way that the uk has in mind and they've said tell us what it is but this is how the eu does this this is how they facilitate borders the idea that they're suggesting this to try and keep the the, the uk in or anything like that that's ridiculous it's, this is just their modus operandi and this is how countries do it all over the world you know and, and it's ridiculous yeah. to argue oh well no they're just being difficult they're trying if you look at like so i assume I assume that the EU are doing what they do in trade deals, which is that the European Commission come to the um, uh, Council of Leaders with a a proposal. The Council of Leaders then provide the mandate that then goes. They then they then determine that the the Commission will do the negotiation because that's not guaranteed. Then the yeah, Commission uh, begins the negotiation with a steering committee between the commission who are doing the negotiation and the council of leaders um, and i assume that that is how this is being done because it's done in roughly the same articles um there is oh, yeah, a, there's not well yeah well there's an article 50 working group at expert level yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so um then the, the 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 question the question is someone said to me um recently is there a way is there is there a way of dividing and ruling on this um because i, I did a thread about how you mm. couldn't divide and rule and there there is there is a thing um in the way that that is written, that um, Article 50 is less uh, less foolproof for divide and rule than trade deals, because it's only Q&B. Because they're unanimity, and it's Q&B, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, so yeah. you can actually, in a, in a trade deal, if there's any political connotations, then it goes to uni- unanimity, and there's no, there's no divide and rule there. It's, you literally have to agree. Whereas you can have political consequences on a withdrawal agreement, and it still stays at Q&B, and that's actually a weakness, I think. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking. Well, I was thinking about this the other day, and um, and I got got the QMV calculator out, you know, um, which I used to use in in, uh, in in negotiations. And um, the this is why the sort of divide divide and rule strategy is such a such a, a a bad strategy. Is that the last thing the UK government should actually want is a divided E twenty seven on this, because they need to get a QMV or it's no deal. I mean, if there isn't a if there isn't a qualified majority in favour of the withdrawal agreement that is agreed between the UK and the and the Commission, if there's enough dissent, then uh, a blocking minority, then uh, then then there's no no deal, which is catastrophic for the UK. So, um, so divide and rule is 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 really the opposite of what they what they should be trying to do. If if they'd done this at the beginning, if they tried to get a, get big and influential member states on side at the beginning with a plan like the white paper 
and gone around capitals trying to sell it, then, you know, maybe this would have, you know, then then the views of France or Germany or, or whichever big member states they, they got on side would have been fed into the actual negotiating mandate. And this would have, you know, this would have got people, this would have got others in the U27 to rally around it. Doing it now, trying to peel off, peel off a few, is a, is an absolute absolute disaster potentially for the for the UK. It's the, it's the opposite of what they it's the opposite of what they should want. Which which is what they do. We've got Jeremy Hunt going going around trying now to to be awfully nice. And I, I say from a strategy point of view, I see it and I think that's actually quite good strategy. It's just not the right time to be doing this. <laughs> yeah, it should have been done two years ago. Ideally, it should have been done before Article 50. I mean, if the white paper had been published before Article 50 was invoked, and then there'd been a diplomatic tour of EU capitals to explain it and to sell it, and then Article 50 had been invoked, the white paper would have been the basis for negotiations. Yeah, I think... Um... But this is what Chris always says. Chris always talks about occupying the territory in negotiations. If you're the one who puts something on the table, you've occupied the territory, and then the discussion is about what you've put ah. on the table. And the the the, the inability to the, of the government to have, to to do that along all you know all the way throughout this process has meant that they've always had to rely on uh, on a U twenty seven. In our U twenty seven proposals, and we saw this with the backstop, you know, which is why we okay, well, the- we're going to put it into legal text, and then and then the government threw its hands up and said, "Oh my God, look at this legal text that reflects what we agreed. We can't possibly agree to that." Uh, yeah, and, and this is why we see that 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 commission document going all green is because they they've occupied the ground, and so that's why that's all gone green. It's just because yeah, exactly. And if if the UK had picked one of the, I mean, the Barnier staircase is the offer. You know, people talk about well, what's the EU offer? The Barnier staircase with the different options and the UK red lines reflected on each, was the offer. You know, the UK can pick from any of those and then, nego- and then they could negotiate on the basis of that, of each one, for the things that they wanted different, yeah. the things that they didn't, want off, they didn't want off the shelf. And that's what, in our different world, they would have been going around capital selling. They would have been saying, OK, we've got a single market, but we, want, we accept the four freedoms, but... We want to go back to the idea of having an emergency break, and we want to talk about how that could work. For example, yeah. Well, um, um, so, I mean, and that's what, and that's one, that's one, that's a de- that's a detail to negotiate on rather than an overriding principle. And this would have made for very different negotiations. So, I mean, ultimately, now they should be saying we want the Canadian model, and then saying, right, let's stick with that. Let's let's take yeah. that as the baseline, mm-hmm. and then start saying, okay, and now we also would like this and this and this. And although. You are cherry picking. What they're trying, what they're actually doing, is saying we're not we're putting everything all in at once, and saying this is a completely separate deal that's not Canadian or Norwegian, and and yeah, that yeah, literally exactly. is not the way to go about it. They just need to start from the foundation of this is the Canadian model, and then seeing how far uh, they can push the Canadian model with with each individual plus yeah yeah separated from each other yeah absolutely yeah that's exactly how that's exactly how it should have been done. So so even on yeah even on their own even on, on their so even in terms of UK self interest. Uh, I think the, the I think this uh, this diplomatic tour. I mean, so we've seen one begging for the headlines. Look, the headlines about today about uh, the meeting the meeting with Macron. Well, you know, the, was the UK pleading for a what was it? The UK pleading for a softer line on Brexit, and it was as if France. You know, Brexit was France's fault. It was yeah. like France had decided to throw the UK out. And the UK was saying, look, can we have a softer line on this? We'll leave. But 
Oh. We leave like you want, but uh, but we don't want it to be catastrophic, you know? It will be. You know, this it, was your choice. The policy's your choice. It I will mean, be Europe. It will be the EU's fault because it will, you know, we'll be there going, they tricked us into this. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted us to leave and they, they tricked us into it. Into oh, us. Oh, Henry, uh, well, this is, this is uh, the, blame, the blame. I've written about the blame myth and uh, the blame myth just goes so deeply and we've seen, uh, and we see think tanks, uh, and and politicians using this and propagating it just just you know almost almost every day now, I mean it's everything come, everything just goes around and comes back around during these two years you know it just comes back around and you go hang on is it is it August twenty seventeen again <laughs> you know <laughs> where are we again what date is it because I've read I'm sure I've read this article that's just been published before um, you know now it's now the big thing is EU inflexibility. Uh, yeah, yeah. That it's all—it's all because the you were inflexible, and it's because the you've always been inflexible, and that's the reason Brexit happened. It's all the EU's fault that Brexit even happened. Yeah, because I, only that the EU aren't inflexible. That's just... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and the, the, you know, you get the, yeah, the, the EU's inflexible; it won't reform. Well, I've looked at the—I've looked at the reforms. <laughs> yeah, so we have the EU have reformed a lot more than pretty much any country in the world in the last forty years. We had a new parliament. You know, there's not many people yeah. who can say that. You know, it's uh, it's and and a new, and, co- a new constitution and, and the anti-marketeers. Yeah. The anti-marketeers tried to take the government to court to stop that parliament from happening. So it's uh, yeah. It's utterly crazy that we the EU the, the EU Maastricht was a big reform. But yeah, it, absolutely. Well, it no, might not be a reform you wanted, but it was a reform. The, the, this is the point. You know, they say that it won't reform. Of course, it will reform. It's just we're not reforming the way you want it to reform. Um, and this this is sort of a, a, a fundamental problem of um, uh, Eurosceptic thinking. I think that they it, they think that oh, we didn't have a vote on this since. 1975. It's like, no, you, no, you've had the same democratic process as everyone who cares about the NHS. You've got the same democratic process that you have anyone who cares about this business or this policy or this policy. Mm. It's always had the same process. You've not, the, the, what you're complaining about is that you haven't had a special treatment. Mm. You could, but that's the whole thing. I mean, even, even then, the UK has had special treatment all along. <laughs> it's had special treatment in lots and lots of different ways. And, uh, and it's still one, and it's still one special treatment. Who was it? Somebody wrote, somebody, Somebody wrote last week that uh, the UK has to accept that there's no EU alumni club. You know, you don't you don't get to still wear the tie, <laughs> and still get invited, still get invited to dinners. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, there's no there's no honor honorary membership. You know, uh, like like this, chosen to be a third country, you're going to be a third country. There's a menu of menu of uh, options for how that can work. Uh, pick one and 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 piss off. You know, this yeah, is yeah. your decision. And I, I, I covered this. I covered well. I, I touched this on this on my um, Galileo thread. That the mm. the the stuff that like the, the the European Space Agency and stuff like that are all European agencies that happened at the time of the EEC or before the EEC. Now anything new in Europe is going to be done outside inside the European Union. Yeah. Whereas before, you know, it's like, oh, yes, we can be involved in this European agency because it's not the EU. It's going to be involved in this. Well, in future, it will always be in the EU because they they can create legislation that allows them to work closely together. So this is the perfect place for it. It's a platform for cooperation. And and, and people don't understand that that Europe have decided that this is our platform for cooperation. And if we're not involved in it, we haven't bought into this platform of cooperation, we will not be cooperating. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And this is this is. You know, and, if, uh, well, and, and if we and if we are, it's because they want us to, 
and and it won't be on the and it can't be on the same basis. It no, can't be on the same basis because we won't have the same legislative um, oversight. No, it's it's it's, it, 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 it's we're cutting ourselves out on on the you know on the international level. It's sort of painful for me. This is you know I've, I know I've spoken to you about this about how I you know the reason I voted to stay in the EU, and people talk about the EEA being remaining through the back door. It's, like, it's not even close to, to why I no, voted no, for the anymore, EU. No. This is the, the EEA is literally just an interpretation of Brexit. This is something I voted against. This is something that I thought was not right for us. Um, and, I d- and I still don't think it's right for us. I think that it's it's a sane policy. Uh, it's certainly a lot more sane than, than no deal. Um, oh, it's, the least, it's the least damaging option involving leaving. I yeah, mean, it's, we're, yeah. A, we're a big country. We are We are... We are bigger and we are better than the EEA, I think. And I think that's the problem, is that we will be too big for it and therefore we will struggle. Um, but I, I, Well, we, still... well we, see, we, we see this with the advocates of it. I mean, the advocates of it tend to say, we'll go in and reform the EEA. We'll go in and change the EEA and we'll rebalance the, we'll rebalance the relationship. So, that, so, so already the idea of the UK being in... The actual year, i.e., after an year, is to destabilise it. Yeah, it's yeah. to destabilise the, the, the current the current arrangement. Maybe for the better. Okay, that's a different question. But the intention would be to destabilise it, and I mean that's one of the reasons that you know it's not a it's not a stable option. Maybe there's a stable option of a bilateral version, a more stable option of a bilateral version of it. You know, not actually the EA, but a bilateral. Yes. Which is version that, that mirrors it and adds the customs union. Which but is, even then, you you have the question of the you have the question of whether that could ever be stable. Uh, that could ever be stable from the UK side. That's that's the solution I would have gone for. The, yeah, that's the one I would have got if if I was if I was in in the cabinet office in you know uh, September 2016. Yeah, that's that's definitely what what I would have what I would have put on the table. And actually, if they had done that, I think a lot of people would have. If they had done that and they said, We're gonna, "This is clearly the least damaging option," yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't have met my preferences. I'm pro EU. I buy into the dream. I buy into the 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 the, the concept the concept of, of of the EU. So it wouldn't have made me happy. But I probably wouldn't be doing what I was doing what I'm doing now and devoting time to trying to stop this. If no, I, done that. I, well, I, me, me neither. I I I I was I after the referendum. I went quiet. I I, I, had a, I think if you go on Twitter, I probably had a couple of weeks being angry and saying that stuff. But actually, there was a time in 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 July and in August where I wasn't tweeting that much and I wasn't that bothered until suddenly the CEA argument started coming up. Um, and I think that the the BBC presented it in a, in a quite horrific way. I, I still don't know how they've got away with this, um, and I still don't know how. Um, people have allowed that to happen because I, I feel like I'm the only one that's pushing this, but I, I think I've proved relatively straightforwardly <laughs> that there's a lot of that stuff was taken out of context yeah, yeah, and, and a very yeah. straightforward argument that was n- was never was never given by the BBC of on the other side. They, they took a single argument and they and they stuck with it. Um, and so I that was the, that was the thing that made me come out. And then I was I say I. I I, I was quiet again until the until the general election, and then I say I, I was only doing it as a hobby. I was only doing it like you know I'll, I'll write something today and, and post it tomorrow, and, and that was it. And then suddenly things went nuts, and um, I went out with a friend of mine who just literally had to move back to Britain because he mm. was working in Google in the, in the United States, and Brexit happened. And because although he's he's from he's 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 not from Britain, he considers this his home. So mm. he moved. He had to then 
leave his job in Google to come here so that he would be here for Wexit when, yeah. so he knew where, where he stood on somewhere that he considers his home. Yeah. Um, and he said to me, you need to put more work into this. You need to stop what you're doing and put you know, effort into this. And this is why... You know, I am where I am. That's, uh, I, I blame him entirely. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I got drunk. I, I got drunk. Um, went home. Saw that Liam Fox was writing about coffee. Um, woke up the next day. Wrote a coffee thread that went nuts. And I, I thought, oh, well, actually, I might be able to do this. <laughs> yeah, but on 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 coffee and uh, and related related goods coming from uh, low income countries. You and you and Jim Cornelius have become a kind of tag team going yeah. around hunt, hunting down bullshit on this. Huh? Jim Jim Cornelius uh, Jim Cornelius, Cornelius um, read my coffee thread and became interested. So I, I, I'm I'm responsible for Jim Cornelius. You're responsible for Jim. Yes. I saw a wonderful th- I saw a wonderful thing of uh, uh, Jim. I can, uh, I can never up up up, up Thorn. Uh, no, Peter Upcothorn. Yes. You know who's uh, yeah. I never pronounced his name right. Sorry, sorry about that, Peter. Um, but I saw him retweeting one of Jim's, uh, uh, Jim Cornelius' thread. So this is, this is a, an, an absolute trade expert who's yeah. worked in it for like 30-odd years, retweeting one of Jim's threads who has, has, has become enti- is entirely self-taught by his, by his own admission, just got interested in this and has read and read and read extensively on it. And I thought this was absolutely... This was, twi- this was really Twitter at its best of having... A well-respected expert retweeting somebody who's become engaged who's become engaged in it off, off their own bat. Yeah, I always saying what a what a fantastic thread this is. I mean, I think this is this is this is a really wonderful thing. Actually, if there's one if there's one little positive that's come out of it is that there've been some people some very smart people we've never heard of have got engaged in this stuff. You know, well, Jim knows a lot more than than I do now. I mean, you know, I I, I was uh, you know I I, I came in. I, I, I remember coming in and seeing that that coffee thing and thought, and all, all I knew was for the history, which was the Lome Agreement, and I thought, well, that can't be all of Africa because that's literally not how we worked. That's not how we worked since 1975. And so I then went, okay, and so I, I, with that knowledge, I then went and said, okay, no, this isn't how it works. Um, J, J, uh, Jim Cornelius has gone like ballistic i mean yeah. <laughs> occasionally like we we had a discussion about um coconut water on um in dm <laughs> as you do um and uh there was there was something and we were like well i i don't know what they're doing there and so that's what they're doing and i was like okay well i can tell you the policy i can tell you the history behind this yeah. policy and so we were sort of between us saying okay so we think that that's what's been done then because by putting together what he understood and what i understood in terms of where i come from because he's very much more technical in terms of you know he'll, he'll look at it very yeah, tariff level yeah. and i'm i look more at the policy and i'm more worried about why why i'm, I'm not worried about what things are because they can be interpreted other ways it's why why are they being done like that so you know why why do we have to, why do we have to, why have we reduced tariffs on coconut water this year and then raised them again um yeah. this year and and the answer is well because there's a problem in the coconut market so prices would rise so to ensure that they didn't blow the consumer market we dropped the tariffs we opened up the markets for for, for the rest of the world so that we can keep coconut water down and then when when it looked like that was over, then we got we put the tariffs back up so that we had zero tariffs on the on the coconut water producing nations that are our friends, the ACP countries, and then we don't allow countries like America to sell it to us. You know, it's it's, no. it's a pretty straightforward thing of making sure that we have a preference for the the lower um, the LDCs and having um, a tariff wall against the um, high you know Western nations that could actually 
blow people out, like Germany do with, yeah. with, with green coffee. I always think of Germany with green coffee, that Germany exports so much green coffee and it doesn't, doesn't sell any. And it does it because it's a, it's a developed nation. It's, a, it's an incredibly yeah. powerful, successful, with great logistics nation, which can do this. And the, the whole point of having like a tariff is to make sure that we ha- we, we prevent people from from blowing out the, the countries of the poorest. Um, yeah, and that's generally what we do. We, we are protectionist, but we're not protectionist. Well, we are we are in some state, in some senses, protectionist to us, but we're also protectionist to the LDCs and to yeah, the lower countries. And that, that's why we have um, a, we're reducing tariffs on bananas in Latin America, but we're not reducing, but we're not going to go to zero because that would damage the Caribbean. And they, we, we yeah, all know exactly. that. And we, we argued that for like 20 years in the WCO. So it's, 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 it's trying to understand that the, 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 sometimes the EU does it wrong. It, it does. It's definitely course, like, yeah, you know, yeah, course, sometimes yeah. they do it wrong, but you can understand the policy behind it and what they were trying to achieve. And you understand that this isn't, this isn't, this isn't, and, and they keep, you know, this isn't because it's a racket. This isn't because they're trying to do this yeah. or trying to do that or trying to screw people. Uh, there, there is a, deli- there is a genuine intent to do something positive here that, that unfortunately doesn't always work because the EU is a massive power. And when it does get it wrong, it, 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 it has a big impact. It yeah, has a big impact, and that's, yeah, 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 and that's yeah. what you get. You get a problem in Africa where there's policies which will be helping some African countries that may not be helping others, and it's like, well, yeah, yeah you can't. Sometimes you just can't have one policy for the whole of Africa. There's several countries but, there. But, but actually, that, I think the the, the the move to EPAs, even though it was sort of in, sort of enforced by uh, uh, having to uh, having to move move away from you know a single agreement. Um, and putting it into regional agreements partly kind of reflects that as well. I, I think it reflects learning learning the lesson of just having single policy for an entire continent not you know not being enough. Um, I think that the the I think that well you mean the EPOs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think and doing the, it on a regional basis instead. Well, that was actually that was actually down to a um, a WTO thing. Yeah, that so it was a necessity, but I think the. I think it's been taken as an opportunity to to not just do one size fits all. Well, it's it's the the fact that it's done the fact it's done in little regions or look, you know is because of a swizz that they were pulling on the WTO rules, so that there's something yeah. clever yeah. behind it. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I haven't got that far, but there is the the reason that they do because people say, oh, they're trying to because certain African countries say they're trying to play divide and rule with them us because they see this EPA as being divide and rule. But actually, there are technical. WTO rules reasons why these are being done this way, yeah, and it is yeah, yeah. it is a deliberate attempt to to game the system. Um, but it's the game the system in favor, largely in favor of uh, of low income countries. Yes, That's the point yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's trying to yeah, give yeah. them the best the best deal based on the way while that they not do acting it. while not acting illegally, which the which the, the EU uh, can't do. I think you mentioned you mentioned quite a few times in that about uh, about history, and I think it's really interesting that you look at things from a very much from a from a historical perspective, and it seems to me that there's a there's a general lack of historical perspective. You know, the the in all of this and in politics generally now, the, the EU is treated as if it's something that that uh, was just magicked into being whole. You know, in twenty in 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 2015, and this is what we this is what we deal with. And as as you say, there's when you put things in historic context. You, have, you can have a much better understanding of, of why things are arranged the the, the way they are. Um, is it? Do you do you have a background in in history, or just an interest? Or uh, yeah, well, yeah, I um, <laughs> yeah. So um, one of the things I've done as an entrepreneur is um, write a few um, things which were historically based. You could say um, I've written yeah. guides on 
things like um, uh, the Tower of London and stuff. Oh, so, cool. and, and and written guides about things like the v- the V and A and the British Museum, which is which leads me to a, to having quite a large amount of cultural knowledge, which. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, which is why I wrote thread that I just wrote because actually that was drawing on almost everything I knew. I, I didn't research that thread. Um, there was one or two things that actually, yeah, when I was struggling to get some some links, then actually, yeah, I did actually have to start looking and going. I, I can get there, I just can't get out, or I don't know. How to, and uh, it, it, yes, I, I have a, a quite. I've done quite a lot of knowledge on on British history, and then um, uh, during the referendum. There was this big thing about oh we were only told it was a common markets and I was really I really was <laughs> thought I want to, I want to find out if this is true and you only had to go into Hansard to know that wasn't true yeah um, but um, then it was a case of okay what what other evidence can I get where, where how what what more can I find that say that this is a this is a political union and you, you can find them sort of debating it in 1958 you can you can see. Um, local newspapers where they say, "Oh my word, this is a political union they're creating." You know, this is just you know. Yeah. And so I've done. I think a- I think that article by Ted Heath that we always see the there's always a JPEG of that floating around Twitter. That's actually your JPEG that you yeah, took. That was the it? one. I, yeah. yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah. did actually bring that out. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Um, I was the first one to put that up. I found that purely by accident and went right. That's going on. Yeah, like, um, well, I wrote that's it, everywhere now. I, mean, I wrote that's it on Word. A standard I, reply now. I didn't want to steal the copyright, so I wrote it on Word. So the, the first time you'll, the first time it was ever on Twitter, it was on a Word thing, um, and then I contacted someone who then put and said, "Oh, do you want to include that in this article you're doing?" Hmm. And um, they put it up on the internet. And so once that was on there, I was like, "Well, fine, that's great. That's I fun. can use it now." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's. Um, that, yeah, that was the first. That was the first one where I thought, yeah, that's that's someone saying this is not a common market. I couldn't find. Try as hard as I might, I've never found anyone saying this is just a common market. I found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I found agree. Ted Healy saying, um, "I don't think the political union will happen," but he wasn't. I don't. I don't think he was a pro marketeer. I think he was an anti marketeer. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah, so they <laughs> might have said that it wasn't going to be. <laughs> political union but um no I, um that was the closest i could find to anyone saying it wasn't a political union and uh uh yeah i even now like if so if i get into an argument with someone and because they, they, they still don't want to hear you know you can still you can oh they really the don't know no, no. and every time i do it i literally then go and look for something else and i find something else because it's, it's, <laughs> it's always something yeah <laughs> but i mean it's in it's in the treaty of rome ever close a union you can't you know, you just can't get by that. It's oh, in no, the bloody no, treaty wrong. of Rome. I mean, come on, guys. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Um, you, you, you obviously didn't see um, my thread on the Macmillan years. Um, Ardnar had said to us that the treaty does not require us to be part of the political union. So they were treating the treaty oh. of Rome separately to the political union. Um, mm. But Macmillan was coming on, coming into Parliament and saying there is a political aspect to this because we are signing up to ever closer union. Mm. But the actual political union that we're going to create, we do not necessarily need to be part of that. Um, mm. And that's what we were told. That's what Arnaud said. He said, you know, they've made it clear that the Treaty of Rome did not require them to be part of the future political union. So in theory... For so Arnaud, for a, two, for a, for a two-tier yeah. Europe. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I didn't know that. Um, so, so, I mean, probably de Gaulle didn't, which is why we got some. No, 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 quite, exactly, yeah. Hence, no. Yeah. But, uh, but um, yeah, that's, that's so, so from, from do the think, very... Do you think de Gaulle's decision looks better and better over time? 
and more understandable, you know? Oh, uh, which, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's just, <laughs> you, you, when you, when you see how it, when you see it all, how it all happens, you know, it's just like, and, and then you hear people saying, oh, it's this or it's that. So no, actually it's not. It's not. It's, it really. It was not some you know, people talking about that like some some secret elite making sort of plans. It's like no, 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 no. Ardenar was literally there in on television saying, "But the British aren't talking about the political union." This. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. So much for this secretive elite. Then you've got people like Ardenar complaining that Macmillan isn't being. Uh, Macmillan is saying one thing to him and the Parliament and something else to Parliament, which he won't necessarily wasn't. If you see if you see the thread mm. that it's it can be read two ways but yes literally Ardenau went on publicly and said oh um Macmillan said that he's not up for this political union well that's not what he said in a letter to me four days ago <laughs> you know oh yeah secret this secret political union that they're going to pull on oh, God. yeah so you just you just have to um yeah and and like the the way that it's it's all been interpreted by these these sort of Brexit historians is quite scary as well um that's someone like um uh, someone will say there's no that there shouldn't be people shouldn't be making political capital out of this, uh, yeah. and and people should be making political point out of this, and they've gone oh well that means that they're they're, they're holding information back. It's like well no because if you look at David Davis <laughs> after the Brexit vote, he said in Parliament people shouldn't be making political capital out of this, and he's right that you know we are going to do, go about this. We shouldn't be making this a party thing. This is a country thing. And then he proceeded to make political capital out of it, well, and yeah, nothing else yeah, yeah. actually, but, and nothing else. I mean, that's the thing, yeah. But that, I mean, that, 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 that is that is a correct argument that if we're going to be doing this, then we shouldn't be. This shouldn't be a party thing. This should be a, um, and it's made it's made in that in the FCO document. It's made in it was made by David Davis. You know, it's, these are yeah. not unreasonable arguments to make. It's not saying we're, we're telling people that they can't say what they feel. Um, and so yeah, it's all. It's just been. A, it's a bit of a twisted mess back there. Um, and I, I do intend one day to write a full thread about this, or several th- threads. But the problem is, I don't really have time because yeah, yeah. The, the, this is the problem. This is the sort of argument that a year ago I would have liked to have made, and said, "Okay, I can go. I can put this up, and I can. Ent- I can. Ed- I can educate people on this." But now I've got seven months, so now yeah. I, I only have time to make the arguments that I think will make the difference. Um, and I and, and and likewise, Twitter is. I, I can do a, a thread on Twitter, and someone could miss it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, I'm now, you know, it's like, okay, I, I can't just rely on Twitter. I can't rely on having a viral thread um, to to get my message met across because actually I could write a thread that doesn't do it very well. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And so this is why I said to you yesterday, are you doing the podcast? <laughs> it's like, I, I need to branch out and do whatever. Now it's, um, and, and actually have yeah, to no, learn no, some I completely, s- I completely agree. This is one of the reasons Chris and I did the podcast actually was, was exactly, exactly that, you know? Um, that yeah, the, it's it's not enough to have a, a thread, you know, a thread that 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 does well. I think that's the thing on Twitter as well that people don't repost stuff, you know. And I think it is worthwhile, uh, you know. Twitter's a here uh, here today, gone tomorrow thing, you know. Threads uh, posts have a very very rapid half life, and I think people don't people people don't uh, people don't repost stuff enough. People should repo- repost stuff to make the point again when it comes round again. You know, it doesn't just have to be new content constantly. And I found a few a few times doing this that you do get this sort of uh, uh, zombie zombie thread effect, you know, <laughs> where it it, uh, it bounces bounces back because the same the same things come up again and again. Uh, 
we're in a post uh, sort of postmodernist spiral here. I think that you know we're just fated to go around the same arguments. Well, and have, that's what we need to get out of. We need to get the tangent off that. I have three. Th- I have three threads that come up regularly, like even years after, or you know, months after I've written them. I still get the the the, the EEA one to to John Redwood. That's still mm. that's still quite popular. That's still and people quote tweet. I saw that and, the other day, actually. Yeah, I saw that the other day on my timeline. Yeah, that that comes up a lot. Um, I've just had to repost uh, "Hello United Kingdom" because it wasn't readable; it hadn't been readable for over a month. Um, but that was that was still nine months later. I was still getting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, beca- it's become true and not less true. You would expect over the course of negotiations for these things to become less true. You know, for all the times we've said this is ridiculous and you, uh, it would be absurd to do this and this is a lie. You think over time it would get less true, but uh, but actually it gets more true, which is which is a kind of it's a kind of worry. Bearing in mind that we've got seven months to 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 do it, you know. Oh, yeah, what I do you, mean, what do you think? What do you think the we have to ask? What do you think? What do you think the prospects are? What do you think uh, the prospects of stopping it are? I think that, or, or, or the prospects. We know the prospects of no deal. You think are are, are extremely it, remote because think, something will happen. <laughs> I think it. I think it hinges on the. I think it hinges now on the extension if there's no extension then there's no chance um which is uh, which is one of the reasons why brexiters don't want the extension because they see this yeah, as, yeah, of course, as yeah. a possibility of the, it stopping but i also say see the extension as something that's wholly logical and should be wholly seen for regardless of whether or not we we stay or not that that is yeah, just yeah. something that you should logically do in in the same way as i see that the ea as an option is something that we should be logically considering and um, that, that people just aren't really dealing with logic um, no. So yeah, I think that the, the it is now at the point where um, the the best chance we have of of staying is that the government continues on its on the same route that it's following of this completely cack handed attempt to negotiate something. I've no idea what they're doing with with this uh, checkers deal. I've no idea yeah. what they think they're going to achieve. Um, if it gets to the point where we get to looking like there's no deal. Then it will be a case, I think, that the EU may say in the in the dying days, shall we continue negotiating? And it will then be down to the UK. And I think the the, the pressure will be on them at that point to say yes. But I, uh, if it, it will have mm-hmm. to be done early enough that they can have a general election, because I don't think they can do it, I think that that will that will force a general election. Um, and I mean that could happen early. I mean there could be. The- now that the government has scared the bejesus out of everybody with no deal, I mean, which is obviously an attempt by them to, to, to make what they do get look good. I mean, that's the point, isn't it? It's to get people on board with checkers by saying the alternative, uh, the, the, you know, the, return of, the alternative is that if you're diabetic, you die. It's basically what they're saying. Yeah, they're trying, they're, trying, um, they're trying to have a political argument with the other Brexiteers. We're literally at the point where yeah. we're now facing propaganda directed at other people, propagandists. Um, yeah, quite. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So the government are literally having a secret propaganda battle, or uh, well, the Conservative with Party will have, is having a secret propaganda party with the Conservative Party, and yeah. and this is where we are. <laughs> this this is going so well. Um, and yes, it's. Um, I think that the Czechos deal will not go through. Um, well, I don't think the Czechos deal will, but the, but the I think the the UK might uh, roll back or compromise on an awful lot earlier. Than, than people think. I mean, now that no now that no deal has been shown to be not an active option, 
I mean, no, de- no deal can only be an accidental catastrophe. Now it can only oh, be a, a fail. It can only be a failure. I, expect- I mean, I've, I've I've said you know that it should be the government should should never have used no deal as better than bad deal, but that should be taken off the table right now because they, they themselves have demonstrated that it's that it's just simply not a vi- not I, a viable. Option. I don't think it's- they can do that now because if they say, "Oh, we're taking no deal off the table," I think the EU would say, "No, no, no, no. we're still having this on the table." You know, it's like, yeah, you, you want you wanted to pull this. Let's 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 do this. Let's let's pull this power. No, I think you t- I think you take it off the table as a policy option. You take it off the, oh, yeah, off yeah. the table as, off the table as an option, and it, you know, you say you will do everything possible to avoid this happening. I mean, what the government's been saying is, uh, we we won't do everything possible to avoid this happening. Uh, if we don't get what we want, then we're happy for the, the then we're happy to take the option of no deal. Instead of getting, if we can't get what we want, and I think that needs that needs change, and I think internally it might already have changed in that they're saying, okay, we need to take every st- every step available to uh, to avoid no deal now that uh, the country's collectively collectively shat itself over it. So, um, so that that gives me a bit of hope that there might be there might be an earlier an earlier deal. Well, yeah, I think um, there's going to be. I mean, I think an ext- I think an extension will st- it'll still be very likely to be needed. I mean, even for proper ratification, an extension might be an extension might be needed. So, uh, I think the, I think there's a danger of capitulation. I think, and I, I and I think the government are expecting to anyway. I think that the government are are putting well, historically forward. they have. I mean, all the way along they have. Yeah, so. yeah, but I mean, they put the checkers deal forward, and the, the 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 there's people in the Brexit camp that see this as an introduction to even go further. And I think they're right. I think that you know, yeah, let's, give, probably are, yeah. let's give people like JR um, credit. He, he he sees this as this is the start of this is the start of capitulation, and there will be more to it. And of course, there will because this is a negotiation. This is your starting position. Be, yeah. um, and and but yeah, this start- it, was pos- it was posited as a final as a final offer. So they put themselves in a situation where they're positing a, a first offer, a yeah, yeah. final offer. which is their final... Yeah, someone, someone said that... Total lunacy. Other, I mean, complete lunacy. Someone said not that the works, other day, an, an MP saying, well, they better, they better accept this, otherwise... You know, it's just like, what do you mean? This is your, this is your first offer. This is literally yeah. the closest that you've come to making a proper deal. And, and this is a negotiation... I know you've negotiated it. I know that you negotiated this. But actually, the, you need to negotiate with the people that, that are doing this deal now. It's, uh, it's- but, this is, but this has been one of the big lies of that whole... Of Chequers and the whole process that, that led to Chequers. One of the big lies was that this was a, comprom- was a compromise proposal. It wasn't a compromise proposal... It was a proposal based on a compromise. The proposal itself is very, very much not a compromise. It's basically, well, it's basically three the the original three baskets approach, but with only two baskets. (laughs) So, I mean, it's really not very far different from that. It's a custom system which is uh, widely regarded to be completely unworkable and massively against the EU's interests. Um, I mean, so most of this had 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 already been rejected, but it got painted by. Uh, by most of most of the media, lots of politicians, and I have to say some uh, some think tanks as well. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, Open Europe, but other ones as well. It got painted as a sort of reasonable reasonable compromise that the nasty yeah. foreigners weren't willing to were willing to look at, and the only compromise that it was was between the ERG and and the Prime Minister. And and oh. the ridiculous thing is they get they, they talk about this this oh well they'll collect tariffs for us. It's like okay, but how much are you paying? Because that's administration that costs money. Yeah. How, actually, how much do you? We, we will pick your. We will put. We can take your tariff money for you, and we can do this deal. But how much are you paying for this? Because well, we are working for you. And hundreds of 
po- customs posts that need to change the change their customs yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, yeah twenty seven countries that need to change their system. I mean, it's massive employment, and you know they need to employ people and train people and. But they're, yeah, yeah, they're literally and, they, and their biz- and their businesses who are importing to their country need to change their change their system. The, the solution is that we you do work for us, just for us, for free. It's like no, actually no, you pay us because we're le- because we're leaving. Yeah, yeah. You should do this for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah because you because you don't want this to happen. So no, we don't want it to. Ha- we're you're the one doing this. This is this is something that, 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 that I don't think that some people have really got the, the habit of it. We are the one that chose to do this. We are yeah. the one that, that, yeah. that is causing the problem. It's not the EU. The EU. We're the ones that we chose chose to do it, and we're the ones who chose to do it this way as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very and, important, you know. And it's ridiculous. And, and now they're talking about having a. We'll have. We'll, we'll have. We'll have goods, but we won't have services. And it's like, really? I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even sure. I'm with that. I'm not sure why we're saying. Oh, we should. Is this some sort of attempt to say? Well, it's only half the single market, so it's not. <laughs> Yeah, so we don't need freedom of movement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what it is. We're only taking one of the one of the freedoms, so that's fine. And we're not doing the we're not doing the services because we see that we can get a massive comparative advantage out of that by deregulation. Which and you should and you should and you should accept that, which isn't true anyway. I mean, no, the service no, sector. Uh, wants no, it's, to not, be, it's the, not true anyway. The, um, the uh, I think that a lot of people, people, a lot of people say, oh, well, Britain can remove their Britain can re- can reduce their taxes and they can do that and do well, uh, and then and then compete really well with the EU and they're really scared and it's like, no, because you see, the EU can do that too. If yeah. if you are getting a benefit of them doing this, then the EU can respond. They can do that. They can decide. To, to make themselves competitive with you, and now you're competing with 500 million people, yeah. and you're a small country. And Frankfurt and Paris, and yeah. So, uh, oh, well, it's great. It's great on financial services as well. Is that they've they've said <laughs> the big thing this week was that um, the UK the UK will retaliate to the UK position on ac- access to financial services by not allowing European by making it harder for European investors to invest in the city. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is brilliant, isn't it? This is absolutely brilliant. So, what we t- because because you're not doing what we want, we're going to turn away your money. Your money is yeah, yeah. That's fantastic, isn't it? Uh, it's, uh, and it's it's. Oh, did you see it, Rab? Did you see Rab's face when um, Barnier mentioned that forty percent of the value of goods was services accompanying them? Yeah, yeah. You saw Rab, Rab look down at his notes, going, "What? What? What the fuck? What? What? What?" Yeah, it's, this, this is getting. Is it, uh, do you say forty percent? Oh, sorry, no, it's not, I, it wasn't 40%, it was 20% or... I thought it was 20 or 30%. I'll, I'll, I'll check, I'll it, check the... It, yeah, uh, I'll it, check is, it is literally, I think it was 20 or 30%, yeah, and it's just like, yes, you can't, you want, goods companies sell services, and that's what, that's what they do. They, they're, they're, they're linked. Um, and then you've got, like, Mo5 services, which I haven't fully got my head around, but, uh, you know, this yeah. is a messy thing. You can't just have goods that you say, oh, well, services aren't involved. They, no, they are. You know, and there's... but isn't there a thing like the like the lack of historical context, or, or rewriting history so that it so that, you know so that it it reflects what you want rather than what happened? There's this thing about complexity as well. You know, is that uh, the EU is fundamentally complex, the uh, Brexit is fundamentally complex. The people who are the people who are in favour of Brexit and who are shouting "just get out, just get out" for God's sake. Or people who don't like complexity, who are scared by complexity, who want a simpler life, you know? They want a pay packet at the end of the week in cash, in an envelope, you know, in an envelope. 
they don't want to have and and the world is complex you have to sign up for lots of things you have to have lots of passwords you have to <laughs> you have to fill in online yeah. tax forms you have you know the world has got complicated and this is a kind of push back for it to be simpler and it's 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 the opposite. Make, it's, it's the opposite. It's going to make it actually harder. It's going to make everything harder. It's going well, yeah. to make travel harder. It's going to make business harder. It's going to make government harder. It's going to, you know, um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's this kind of chasing a past that never, that never existed, you know? And people forget, people forget, people going on about the 70s. I, I mean, I was born in 77, so I don't have the experience quite firsthand, but... Um, but my sister's 10 years older than me and she was always saying, you know, the 70s was shit. I mean, yeah, there was some, there was some good music, but lots of it was really shit as well. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> no, no, the fans are great. <laughs> but, but she said, you, you know, you couldn't buy Levi's. You couldn't get jeans. The only jeans we had in Newcastle were Geordie jeans, which is really <laughs> locally made. Uh, yeah, copies the, of it, Lee and Levi's. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, th- you the thing get, is, you couldn't get, you couldn't get, you couldn't get stuff. Stuff wasn't, stuff wasn't available. In this, well, no, um, in the in the seventies, before the eighties, brands weren't big. So, yeah. uh, and so, certainly not amongst the, like the populace. But I mean, I I don't remember having anything branded ever until the eighties. So eighties was like yeah, yeah, yeah. the branding thing. But um, the seventies, the seventies, you got, you got, you took what you got, what you got. I mean, that yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's that's the way it was. As I remember, um, you got what you given and liked it. Yeah. I was I was born in seventy four, so I don't have that that greater memory of it. But I know, like my 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 dad was taking two jobs in. You know, this is. Yeah. You know, he was working, and then he was working in a pub just just to make ends meet. My mum was taking work in while she was looking after us. So, you know, yeah. it, it, this was not a great time. The seventies, it just it just wasn't. Um, and the so people is- invoke the seventies, and then people invoke the war. I saw a thread the other day saying, you know, you want to actually look at historic documents about the war and about people's experiences of the war. This idea that we were happy during the war comes primarily from people who weren't in the war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, who weren't alive? Who weren't alive then? And and didn't have their you know relatives blown up, and so on. So it's complete it's complete bullshit. It's forward to a past that never existed. Eh? But the th- I mean the, the problem is that, um, and I, I still think it's like one of the biggest problems that going forward. I mean because it, because once we leave this this is it. Um, we now we're now sat next to next to a continent that's got the single market that we're not in, yeah. which means that they have a, an advantage over us permanently. Yeah, this forever. is it. Yeah, absolutely. Forever, they have better trade facilitation than us. Um, they have a a combined region of origin, which means that they're a be- better drive for FDI than we are, and, yeah. uh, and always. Um, and 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 Dan Dan Hannon can go fuck himself with this rule of law thing. You know, it's like, oh yeah, trust me as a company. The last thing that you think about is the rule of law. What you yeah. think about is how do I do my business? Not yeah, absolutely. what happens? What happens if something goes wrong? That's actually not really. That yes, you do do risk analysis, but you don't go. Oh well, uh, let's make a decision based on what I do. What what might happen once every five years over what yeah. happens every day? That's what you care about. Um, and you, you, we are literally competing now with with even Norway. You know that, yeah, that have yeah. a, a better trade facilitation than us forever. Uh, and yeah, and as, long, as long as we're not in the single market, that's that's the way it is. So people say, "Oh, well, we we, we did okay in the seventies, yeah, but we were not competing with the single market in the seventies." Exactly, exactly. These these countries have been working together to get better to do this better. We're and competing saying, with Benelux in the seventies. You're <laughs> yeah. saying we should go back to something before this happened. It's like saying, "Let's have a race. Let's have a race. Let's have a car race." But let's get out of the car because we were perfectly fine when we were running. <laughs> 
it, yeah. it really is. You're literally saying, look, the, 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 there are people that are getting together to compete as best as we can, but that's okay. We, we don't need their 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 additional competitive edge. We can do it alone because we were perfectly before, fine before they invented the competitive edge. It's ridiculous. Imagine if, imagine if all of human history had been like this. You know, two guys standing yeah. there and you're one, in, of, the, one, of, one the of them on a, one of them on a horse, you know, <laughs> and the other one saying, "Og, what the fuck are you doing on that fucking horse? Get off!" <laughs> We can walk. We can walk. We can walk and run. Why the fuck would you be on a horse? And what's that wheel thing you've got there? What's that wheel? You're joking. We don't need the wheel. Yeah. We don't need the wheel and the horse. We've got our feet. The, the Bronze Age. The Bronze Age. That's no, the kind the of country was... we are. We can rely on our own own steam here. Yeah. <laughs> but this is this is literally it. We we've literally we trade has evolved, and we're saying, well, it's perfectly fine, but to go back to when we were before we evolved. That's a ridiculous argument. Yeah, completely. It's the people who said the internet was never going to catch on in 1995 as well. I can't see it. I just can't see it. I can't see it catching on. I, uh, yeah. well, what, why, do we need, why do we need the internet? We've got phone books. You can write a letter. I've, <laughs> why do we need the internet? Have you been, have you been listening to Sammy J? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, it's a song. A song. Um, I, I sing it. I sing it. I sang it. I sang yeah. it the other week. Um, yeah, um, it's about the. I'm the last person advertising in the yellow pages, and <laughs> and he, he ah, does. He there is literally a line in it that says, um, uh, "My my typewriter business was my typewriter business is demanding. It's hard to keep abreast of latest trends." Uh, but how can someone call me on their landline telephone if they can't um, underline my number with a pen? And I stand by everything I said back in 95. <laughs> the internet is just a fad, but phone books will survive. So literally what you just said, that is, a, that is an entire wow. verse in a Sammy J song about being the last person to advertise in the other I'd honestly never, I'd honestly never heard of it before. Yes. We still, we still, we still get phone books in Belgium, actually. Which Do you? Really, yeah, yeah, we still get them. It's really, and it's, 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 I'm not sure why they keep, why they keep on doing it, but all it is is an indicator that somebody's away on holiday and should be burgled. So, so there's a thing in Brussels now that if you see, um, if you see a, because uh, they just leave them on your doorstep. Yeah. So if you see one on a doorstep, you just take it and throw it in a throw it in a bin, so that <laughs> so that the house doesn't get so that the house doesn't get burgled. Everybody does it, you know. Just oh, there's a phone book. We better throw that away and save these guys getting burgled. So, My word. And that's basically all it's for anymore, as far as I can tell. We should do. Lie of the week. We should do live of the week. Oh, I feel bad doing live of the week without Chris. You know, I feel bad. I think of him sitting there up to his elbows in, in dirty we. nappies and, <laughs> and we and screaming winds and grumpy partners. <laughs> I remember this uh, and listening to us doing live of the week. So a big shout out, big shout out to Chris. Yes, hi, we'll hi Chris. Roll, Congratulations. And, and we'll uh, we'll we'll roll the music. I don't believe you. You're a liar. Christ, where do we start with Lie of the Week? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, do you know what? Because it's it's gone quiet. As we've had um, well, we've had no no deal is a better deal has got has gone. I think we've sort of there's a. Uh, do you think? Do you think that's actually got? Because that's the biggest lie. That's a meta lie. I think that's in, in all of this. I think it's. I think it's. I think if it's not gone, it's changed. 
I think that the, that 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 lie has evolved to well, Mint <laughs> says, or you know, that it's not just a slogan anymore. They've actually figured like they need to qualify it because they, they yeah. it was just it was just a nonsense slogan. I mean, it's just nonsense anyway. Yeah, it's but they're now nonsense. trying to find justifications for it and saying things like, oh, well, there's the, the WTO trade facilitation and stuff like that. It's just it's like in, no, it's, it's desperate, really desperate backpedaling, isn't it? Is yeah. It? Yeah, yeah. There's suddenly like it's it, the, the the slogan's gone. They they can't just use the slogan. They can't say oh no deals. The, the, the idea that a bad deal is better. No, actually, any deal is better than a any no deal. deal is any, better than no deal. Any deal is better than a no deal because you're and we just, know what and we know what deals are on the table. Again, we have the Barney and Staircase, so we know what deals are on the table. We know we know what the worst possible one could be, and it would be sort of you know Ukraine or Turkey like, which isn't that bad. So. You know, com- in, yeah, you know, yeah. compared to the other deals, compared you know, to, all to, of the deal, all of the deals are in a relatively sort of. Na- if you're not going to be in the single market and the customs union, every other deal is in a relatively narrow band of yeah, yeah, of, because, of, of how go- how good it can how good it can be. Well, it's not good. I mean, they're all shit, but of how shit it can be. <laughs> but the, t- the the WTO set rules on how trade deals are done. You the, you have got to bring down a certain percentage of your tariffs to zero. You can you can have there's like a certain amount of um, agricultural exclusion from that, but other than that, you most almost all your industries has to come down in tariffs so, to practically zero. Yeah. Um, it, some of them have some of them can go down slowly. They're sensitive subject, but that's it. There, there's no there's 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 very little um, leeway in terms of yeah. things like tariffs on trade deals they are they, they are intended to do to they are an, an almost one size fits all you will make all this work you will bring all of this down and there's like say agricultural exclusion but other than that um really really what you're struggling with is how you negotiate that those down and against say um in in Makosa, they're trying to uh, do tariffs uh, agricultural tariffs for um service so then, mm. uh, Macosa doesn't want to open up its service uh, industry, mm-hmm. and so we're we're now in this thing of using what what literally little leeway we have, which is agricultural exclusion, to get what we want in these trade deals. Um, so yeah, so the idea that we have a trade deal, it's like well, actually, we'll look like almost all the other trade deals, other than um, there's other stuff that goes in there, like IPR, like investment, mm. like um, service stuff. But in terms of Goods, which is what apparently what this checkers thing is, that, we, that is not going to change. No matter what trade deal we have, that's not going to change. It's going to be like nearly ninety nine percent tariffs off because that's what we have to do. I think I think that people are starting, just starting to realise the difference between having no deal for leaving for leaving the EU, so no withdrawal agreement, and having a withdrawal agreement, having bilateral agreements with the. EU on, uh, on you know, uh, uh, transit permits, on borders, on uh, aviation, and so on, and but but no trade deal at the end of the transition period, you know, <laughs> and the and the two and the two are the two are really really very very different, and I think I think actually the the uh, the project shit yourself over no deal has brought that into focus because I think that undermines. Utterly, the oh, we'll just trade on WTO rule to WTO rules. Sure, at the end of a transition period, having planned to trade on WTO rules and having all of the bilateral cooperation, not the trade stuff, yeah, yeah. But the cooperation stuff agreed. Um, yeah, we that's 
we can look at that. That's an, you know, that's an option. Leaving the EU with no bilateral agreements between the UK and the EU <laughs> is, is a catastrophe. You know, the two, the two are on a, a, a totally different, different plane here. And I think, I think that's starting to come into focus. Uh, and I, I think it's people are starting to realise that the oh you know the Minford stuff oh we'll just reduce ta- reduce tariffs to zero doesn't matter if you reduce tariffs zero if you have no you know the planes aren't flying if there's no bilateral agreement that's a different question and 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 finally I think that question's starting to be divided up so maybe maybe you're right maybe that lie is finally finally dying there was there was one good one this week that I spotted though um, which uh, I think it was Faisal Islam from Sky who um, who spotted it. Um, the, there's this um, thing called Project Brock, which is oh yeah, uh, which is for uh, how how Dover basically and, and Kent will deal with no deal <laughs> Brexit, or in fact any Brexit that requires greater friction, which the government's chosen that it will only have Brexit that require additional friction, incidentally, because <laughs> that's inevitable from not being in the customs union. Um, so the great lie about this was that the government said it had nothing to do with Brexit and it was just an evolution of Operation Stack, which is the emergency operation uh, for when there are strikes or, uh, or delays at Dover, you know, for, to use motorways yeah. as, 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 as parking lots for, uh, for, for lorries. And I said, it's nothing to, do with, nothing to do with Brexit at all. Totally ridiculous to link it to Brexit. And then it came out that the reason it's called Project Brock <laughs> is that it's called Brexit Operations Across Kent. <laughs> oh, dear. Why do they do this stuff? Just be honest. Just be honest. So, yeah, yeah, it would be, yeah, it'll be, t- this is the thing. Actually, I, I, it's too, it's far too late for them now, but actually, if the government had managed expectations from the beginning, they could have got, they could have got away with it. They could have got away with people accepting that there would be some quite shit things yeah. about Brexit. And they could have spent two years, two years trying to sell, you know, as we said before, an EEA and customs union kind of kind of deal, selling it to them, saying that this will minimise it. There will be some bad things, but in the long run, we truly believe that there'll be the, you know, uh, there'll be these these good things. And I think after you know, after a fifty-fifty referendum, lots of people at the time saying we have to accept the result, even though they voted remain. I think they could have kept a lot of those people on board. But the fundamental dishonesty, just at every stage, it's almost pathological now. You know, yeah. we have to lie. What should we do about this? I don't know. Tell some lie and we'll deal with it later. But, just tell a lie. Quick, go and just tell a lie about it. It'll be fine. Well, it's like I said um, earlier, it's, you know, the, the, the politics should have stopped after the vote. Yeah. And we've, we, what we ended up with is more politics, more politicians making slogans and, and stuff that just doesn't make any sense. And actually, the people need to be told this is what this is. This is now what happens. This is this. This is it. This is what we voted for um, in a way that. Is, is devolved from the politics so that when someone says we're stockpiling blood for a reason, and this is the reason why we're doing it, then people understand, rather than thinking, well, that's just scaremongering. Which yeah, it could yeah, be. Exactly. I, I, I don't know. This is, this is the problem. <laughs> I, they, I would like to see, certainly the national broadcaster that I'm made to pay money to, that is there apparently to inform, to actually inform, rather yeah, yeah, than absolutely. bringing yeah. two people in to just dispute each other i would like them to say look this is how this they should have spent the last two years explaining this is what we this is this is what we're doing as a country now this is what the effect is going to be this is what the damage is going to be this yeah. is what this is where the advantages are which are actually not that great um and then and then and then just carry on doing it rather than getting into a position where we start getting into arguments about what who said what during the referendum we start getting into stupid arguments about no deal works it doesn't 
it doesn't. And we're literally that's, that's like the, the politics never stopped. And this is this is this. It, got, it actually got worse. It got worse. Yeah, I yeah. Think. It got yeah. It was politics got worse, and it, and it, it became in, in in internal party politics writ large as well. well. You only have to look it at... It became... Polit- internal party politics became everybody's politics. You, you look at what's going on in, parla- in, in Parliament, you know, before the recess. It was... It, it, what a mess. And I'm, I'm not someone who likes to follow it. I'm, you know, I see that as part of the, the slow-motion car crash. I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 when, when I heard that they, they had the option to put the EA on, I, you know, I, I, and then they voted... They, voted, they said, oh, no, we're not going <laughs> to... Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? Um, and, I, and, I, and I mean, I just looked at it as, well, that means the government can do it. And the Brexit people can't try and force the EA into say to say, or if it looks like there's going to be a no deal and there's going to be a general election and it's you know it's all going to come down and Brexit is in real danger. Now the the Brexiteers in the Parliament cannot try and force the EA into the deal to try and yeah. save Brexit. Now you know this this goes both ways. But there's a the, but the, you're right that Ruth Mogg and the others aren't. Well, some of them are. I mean, Nadine Doris, our great friend. Uh, clearly, clearly is stupid, but um, and I think I think uh, I think Mr. Fish comes into this ca- oh. category as well. Well, you can't even spell fish correctly. I know I can't <laughs> spell bollocks correctly, but I mean, come on, fish is easier than bollocks. Uh, for, for the um, uh, what? I th- but by continuing to take these extreme views. I think that they'll accept anything to get over the line, and oh, then screw it up, is... la- and then and then just and then just balls it up later. So, I mean, I think this whole thing is—I think the whole thing from them is actually uh, is actually a long con. It's a it's a it's a it's a long bluff. Oh, it definitely. They'll, think... actually, they'll actually just they'll actually just cave in, and then they'll and then they'll spend the entire transition period wrecking it. I think there's some I think there's some honest people there that believe it that are are, are ideologically twisted to the point where. They'll never see it anything else, and I don't know if JRM is that or not. But and I Dennis also Smith know that there are people yeah. there that who are de- very scared, very worried that they're going to lose this because they know yeah. that this this was not what was sold. Shit. They know it's shit. That's they, they know they're it. Sold, yeah, they sold unicorns and I they're giving shit. I think that they honestly believe it wouldn't be before the referendum. I think that yeah, they really believed in the Sunlit Uplands. Huh? Um, and now that it's that they. They've, lo- they've lost, they've become obsessed with it and they've lost all empathy, they've lost all uh, reasoning and now they have to have it. Um, and so I think some of them, some of them honestly believe it because their um, cognitive distance is saying so yeah. and I think some of them are saying it because they have to have it. They, they physically feel like this is something that they have to have otherwise they're not complete as a person. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and some of them are, the, are fucking morons as well. Yeah, and those those yeah. The people I think that are out there saying things desperately to to which just aren't true. And 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 like I say, they they game the debate. They, there's the BBC yeah. say, well, we have to have two sides of the political argument. Well, we've got one side saying the truth and one side lying. Yeah. Then then What's, the BBC has to show both of those and say, well, that's two sides of the argument. Well, actually, well, you know, the, that's, the that's literally of- gaming the system. Uh, the examples the letter the letter from the ten uh, uh, Nobel Prize winning economists against Patrick Minford. Yeah, you know, like, oh my gosh. And they, and, they, and they continue like the thing is then, then it's like me as a guitarist being put being put being put up as a as a, as a counterpoint to Jimi Hendrix for Eric yeah, yeah. Clapton, you know. Yeah, yeah. Went to see um went to see well, I remember going to see a band and a, a friend of mine said, oh yeah, it's, it's Steve plays guitar and I'm like, no, 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 not like him, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do that quite a lot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 
Um, so yeah, it's um, no, it's um, uh, it, the fact is that the, the, the Minford report, and then and then it's been allowed to be repeated. Like so, yes, we had like the top ten economists versus Minford, and then ever since then we've had politicians going in talking about the Minford report, saying, "Oh yeah, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine." So where were the ten economists that were brought in to dispute yeah. that? They weren't. The, the politician was just allowed to, to say that then as a, as a as a point, and they never yeah, had. Have we have we fed with industry? You know, with industry, you have you have had, you know uh, people who run run industries with politicians sitting opposite them going, "Nah, it's bollocks." <laughs> nah. Bollocks, mate. It's bollocks. You're lying. You're lying, mate. It's bollocks. <laughs> That's basically what they're doing. Yeah? It's like the kid. It's like yeah. It's like the, the kid. At, the kid at school who used to do this. It's like, ah, it's bollocks. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean I remember you being on. I remember you being on Newsnight with Suzanne Evans. Oh Christ! And um, the, 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 the wonderful way that she insinuates because she does this all the time. Literally, and, and I do not know why they don't track her down immediately. I mean, Rob Burley was saying something the other day, and I said, "Well, she insinuated something, and you let her go." And he, he said, "No, actually, if you watch the whole report," and I said, "Fine, I, I believe you. I believe yeah. that they they picked her up on it, but that she'd be picking her up on it immediately because all she did, um, and she did to you. She's just like, oh, well, because you're for ex commission or something, whatever it was.' It you was would say a, that. You would say that. Wouldn't you, you would say if that. You're trying yeah. to keep us in the EU. You, you'd think that you could come up with a better political argument than a 1960s prostitute, to be honest. Yeah, um, <laughs> but she can't. That's actually all, all her argument is. And, um, yeah, it's like, oh, open sky, I will be fine. And let's say, I, and I, I, I say again, I, the, the, some of this I feel like it's going to be fine because I'm ignorant. <laughs> and, and people need to, you know, if you can break, break this down, and, and this is sort of the, one of the things that I do, you know, it's like let's break down the bits that, People don't necessarily understand. Let's break it down into chunks so that we can understand why this is why people are saying what they're saying, rather than one person saying this and one person saying that. But you see this interview technique constantly of pre- from presenters of saying, "But really, you know, but re- but but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, is, but is that really true?" And, and the experts going, "Yeah, yeah. that's true. I wouldn't have said it <laughs> if it wasn't true. true. Obviously, I, I wouldn't ruin my reputation by saying something that anybody in my industry could instantly re- instantly refute on the internet." Or, or come on tomorrow to say that that was that was a lie. Obviously, there's no fucking way I'd do that. That's my entire reputation and career down the pan. <laughs> and the, and the preventer goes, but really, planes not flying? Yeah, yeah, there won't be insurance. There won't be any agreement. The pilot's licenses won't be valid. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but really, yes, <laughs> really, yeah, really. Yeah, really. Why do you keep saying that? Keep saying that? <laughs> well, because someone's in the audience. Well, so, because someone, so a politician is saying the opposite. So obviously, yeah, so the politician, a politician said, "That's bollocks." Don't listen to the aviation authorities on aviation for fuck's sake. Yeah. Look at them. <laughs> Look at the fucking Brexiters wrapped in the EU flags. And, and, <laughs> the and, aviation and, authority. Nobody is more of a Ramona than the bloody aviation authority. <laughs> <laughs> They've always been like this about the EU. But this is the this is the you know it's just like this idea that we're um, the idea that this is a, a massive establishment stitch up. But I will tell you now it's 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 the whole establishment. It's like every part of the establishment saying this is bad. And if then if the EU is so bad, why are they doing this? Why, yeah, why are they doing it? Why is why is the aviation? What is it? Well, you would say that because your business relies on frictionless trade. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it does, and so do all the people I employ. All the people we employ. In my business, in the business I run, rely on there being frictionless trade. Otherwise, we won't have fucking jobs. Yeah. We won't have frictionless trade. Yeah. We, won't be, we won't fucking build anything. Uh, but nah, it's bollocks, mate. And you would say that, wouldn't you? Because, oh, no, we're in the loop again. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would the aviation authorities be scamming? I like the aviation authorities saying we're not even planning for a separate 
we're not even planning for a separate uh, uh, licensing authority because it would be impossible. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. So we're not even planning for it, for the safety, safety authority. We're not even planning. There has to be an agreement on this. It's just impossible and it's stupid. Yeah. Well, you would, well, you would say that, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, we would, because it's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, these, 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 these agreements go, like the, air, the aviation agreement, because I, 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 I included it in, in my, piece, my, my piece thread that, that there was a thing about the aviation authority being signed in 1963 or something. You know, it's like <laughs> these, these things have been being built up for years. Yeah. It's just, just, just turn around and go, well, don't worry, we'll just do what we did, 40 years worth of thing. Yes, you, you could do it quicker because we've done it before, but the idea but we that... Built, we built Spitfires without aviation authorities, for God's sake. <laughs> But, but the idea that it's we, did, we didn't need sa- we didn't need stupid safety rules for the Lancaster bomber, girl. <laughs> yeah, we're particularly unsafe, depending on where you were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the um, yeah, it's uh, no. I, I say it's, it's the idea that that everybody, like all, the whole, the whole, uh, all the industry, wants to be part of the the European Union for for ideological reasons. It's just it's purely it's, ideological. Purely why ideological. Why? Why? I, you know. You know what? It, I was part of the European of. Union for reasons that are not necessarily ideological, you know. This, and then they go, "Well, the, the only reason, the, and the only argument the Remainers have got is the economics one." Well, first of all, that's not true. But secondly, if that's the only argument, that's then very, why very the hell argument. are these people <laughs> yeah. supposed to? Why do you think that these people are saying, "Let's stay there"? Then, why, why do you think that they? <laughs> what, what, what makes if that's the only argument to stay in the European <laughs> Union? And it isn't. But if it is, why are all these businesses saying, "Let's stay in" if it's no economic? Damage? to them why work that one out <laughs> you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of watching the world cup you know so i'm in my i'm in my early 40s and i'm overweight and i spent 20 years smoking fags and uh and uh, i like beer so you know sitting there watching a world cup match you know bal- balancing a can of lager <laughs> on my stomach shouting at professional athletes <laughs> about how they sh- about how they should be doing it you know <laughs> about why they're wrong <laughs> and it's basically an entire you know it's an entire country and an entire polity you know just 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 doing that well how, how do you know how do you know about that you know like here in the van driver how do you know about that well i run i run a delivery company and yeah, i go yeah. across borders all the time no 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 my mate billy down the pub says it's bollocks <laughs> Well, the the the, the, F, the FT did a, FT had a letter from a company that wasn't affected, so they yeah. they put a, they said, oh we, we bring we bring stuff in and we don't pay it because we sell it out by X amount of time within X amount of time, mm. so we won't be affected by Brexit. Uh, and so and and, so, and next thing you know, you have um, Dido putting up FT learns about tariffs. It's like no no no, that's like <laughs> literally one company that isn't going to be affected. There might be there might be six or seven of those, there might be twenty of those, but there are millions of companies that are going to be affected. Yeah. I produce something in the I produce something in the UK and don't export it and don't import any of yeah, my yeah. materials. And I won't be affected by tariffs. But I won't be affected for breakfast for breakfast's fine. Bring the tariffs on, it doesn't fucking matter. Rules of origin, uh, fuck them. And, and 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 that's the other thing is that the one thing I get from 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 Brexiteers all the time that, uh, when I speak to them is that they think they think in a they think in a wholly individual sense that they don't understand it's that simpl- one it's thing. It's simplicity again. It's simplicity. It's got to be simple. If you if 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 Sunderland go under, then that affects 
all the other businesses in yeah. Sunderland as well. It affects everybody in Sunderland. It's not just, it's not, oh, well, well, don't worry about it. It's just one factory. It's like, no, no, it's not the factory. It's the whole local economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that will mean that shop. people yeah. will move out of Sunderland and that will affect other local economies. And, and it will affect how much what Sunderland are buying from other economies, and so it will affect them. Everything is connected. If you if you damage just one little part of your your ecology, like straight away, then other bits will be impacted as well. But that's what they hate. We come back to it again. That's what they hate. They hate that everything's connected. They hate that it's compl- they hate that it's complicated. They hate that everything is not just and not just your decision. That your decision might be dependent on some other factors and decisions on and dependent on some decisions other people make. You know. Yeah, but I mean, that's, I, I think that's that's one of the of the flaws generally in thinking is, is that you know oh well the, those foreign companies can go and it's like well <laughs> when they go that that affects other company the companies that buy for them but we lose they say oh well the, you know some companies don't import and export and it's like yeah because they're service companies and so we'll get rid of freedom of movement which means that you reduce the number of people in the country which means you reduce the number of customers which means they make less money. <laughs> yeah. This is this is not hard to work out this is yeah. you know actually freedom movement was helping those people because they were bringing people into the country which were using those services whereas this is saying make it all stop make it all go away <laughs> <laughs> and now it's, it all, it, surely there must just be one action we can take that'll just make it all go away yeah, yes, well, let's do that <laughs> it won't even remotely yeah <laughs> no it's it's uh yeah i i, I genuinely yeah i, I mean i I, I, I mean, I, I sat with a, I sat with a, someone the other day in the pub, and we were talking about Brexit. And a guy came over, just a complete stranger, came over, um, and he was a Brexiteer. Yeah. And um, he, he put forward, he put forward the argument that um, they wanted to be a state. So I explained to them, no, actually, not really since 1965, certainly not 62. Not even the, even the suggestion that came up in the late 80s got got canned and we, yeah, yeah. and we and then Maastricht was created specifically so not be a state um, and although in theory it can there's a minority calling for it and actually chances are it's not going to happen yes yes I know that there are people in the European and we can remain in it we'll have a veto on it yeah the, 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 there are people in the European Commission that want it because federalists tend to gravitate towards the one organization that prevents them from, from making a federation <laughs> yeah. um and that and that's just the way it is and it's, it's it's not a bad thing to have it's like you know i look at these federal federalists in the eu thinking you've literally gone into the only political sphere where you can't get what you want <laughs> <laughs> oh chris is gonna love chris is gonna absolutely love this <laughs> <laughs> but, but people like martin schultz for example martin schultz actually was it was in there and then came yeah. out and went right we're gonna have a united europe bang no no one was no one was no. in a hurry for that, um, so, and 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 it's the way it is, you know. It's just so, and and I I think there's quite a nice balance. Sorry, Chris, it's just you know, the the, the <laughs> federalists head for the you know the the European Union where they can't change things, and um and then but, but, but annoys me that when you when you see people that we've got control, we're the we're the ones in charge, going oh but they might do get what they want. It's like how how are they going to do that? <laughs> yeah, how are they going to? Yeah, unless we agree, <laughs> unless unless and and the thing is like um. So and so, something else he said to me was the army. He says, "Oh, they've asked for an army," and it's like, "No." Well, they did a report where they said that this might, you know, that there were multiple ways of the, of, of the, either we can carry on like we're going, we can do a bit more, or we end up with a full army. That was basically the report that they produced, which the Telegraph reported as a plan for an army because yeah. you know a report saying of there are three options here, of which include doing exactly what we're doing now, is apparently a plan for an army. Um, yeah. 
and yeah, so it's like, yeah, well, we did that with Monetary Union. There was literally the, the report came out in the, in the 69 or 70 or whenever it was saying, yes, we'll, you know, there, there's a possibility that we can have Monetary Union or we can't have Monetary or we don't have Monetary Union. And that was between six countries. And that took like 30 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you've got, you look at the EU army and you think, well, there's countries that constitutionally can't have it. There's countries yeah. that don't want it. And, and and there's now 28 countries. The chances of, of, of them actually putting together a, a point where the, fed, where, where the federalists get what they want, which... Yeah, it's just zero. The countries don't for what, want it. For what have they done? They've done but they've, what they've done is they've done what, uh, what the EU is about, which is they've decided to have more cooperation, in this case, on a voluntary basis for those yeah. countries that can and want to. They're now talking. They're now talking. Europe, reasonable to me. Yeah, they're talking about Europe being multi-speed now because they've got to the point where, for, for starters, Euro integration. They need to work out what that is, and they don't know what it is yet. They're still, for me, they I, 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 they want to solve the problem, but they can't agree. Germany doesn't want something specifically, and God knows how. I don't know what they do. I, I'm, I'm not an expert in in <laughs> monetary policy. I I, 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 I have no idea. But um, so they, they, they. they They've, they've, they've got that to sort out, and now they're talking about multi-speed Europe, and I think that that's probably the healthiest thing that they could be doing. That's certainly what they were talking about in terms of the army. They said, you know, we'll let some people cooperate where they want to cooperate. Um, and so, as I say, there, there, there's federalists in, in the EU going, yes, we want an army. There's, you know, we, loads of us want an army. We all want an army. But the, na- the nations either can't have it, don't want it, or wholly opposed to it, because we, we are not the only country that are wholly opposed to that. Um, well, we aren't opposed. To, well, we aren't. Well, but but this is the key thing. We're not. We are opposed to an EU army, but we're not opposed to greater EU military cooperation. No. Actually, we've we've led greater EU military operation, and Operation Atlanta. The UK is just about to be excluded from Operation Atlanta. That the UK was leading, was yeah. leading, and the UK was very proud of leading and very pleased with leading. And I have to say, was doing a very good job leading. I knew some people who worked on this, and they were doing a very very good job leading. It's made a serious difference. Um. The, and now the UK is desperately scrabbling to figure out how to how to maintain this co- yeah, cause maintain the, this cooperation. You, you look at the you look the, at the, propos- the, the newspapers tell us that we never wanted, which is simply not true. Yeah, and 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 their their proposal papers on on military cooperation. It was like, yes, you actually want to carry on doing this. This is, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And and you, you were there saying, well, you can you can have PBS for a bit or PRS for a bit yeah. um, during the the during the transition period, but that's you know. It, you know but you're not going to be you're not going to be in the classified ops room though because you're not a member. So sorry, yeah, yeah. guys. And so you get like say the, the army is a, is a great case. The the, the the nations don't want it. The experts are saying multi language army is bad idea. So all the like, literally army commanders are saying no, we don't want a, we don't want a single army. Um, the it's it's literally just one small group saying we want it. Um, and we're the bit we're so afraid of it. You know, it's like it, it, it yeah. isn't it isn't going to happen. And and so Juncker comes out and says, "Oh, defence union." And everyone goes, "Well, that well, he means an army." And it's like, no, no, actually, if you oh, look at if you look yeah. across yeah. Europe, he's, and and this is this is what I think is great about the European Union. Um, and and actually, because I always used to think of the army, I when when during the referendum we was talk about the army coming from Europe, and I was thinking, shut up, just shut up. This is this is. This is just some silly project that Federalists want to shut up. Um, but then when I looked into it, because I was doing a thread on it mm, that I've yeah. not finished because it's a massive subject, um, the 
uh, the, the, it, this defence union comes about because there's defence unions happening all across Europe. There's defence mm. unions between France and Denmark. There's defence unions between Denmark and Germany. And so what you're doing is creating... And most of the EU are NATO members. Hmm? And most of the EU are NATO members. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but there's there's these defence unions. So, Germany share an air force thing with with Denmark, and you know, course, so yeah. these are creating divisions across Europe of power, of military power. And this isn't a bad, this isn't a good thing. And if you're going to do this, why not centralise a defence union into across Europe, one one defence union, and that's more efficient, more effective, and it's also a better a better way of preventing the sort of things that might lead to war. Even though I mean, mm-hmm. it isn't going to lead to war. But it's you know you're like you're creating power divisions across the continent, which which aren't necessarily a good thing. And, and the whole po- the whole point of this project from the start, going back to what we're talking about about the historical context, yeah. was to avoid that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, the, so whole, I, that's I, the whole point of it ever existing. I saw I saw um, I saw someone saying that it was um, you know this was stepping away from the peace project. No, actually, I don't see it like that. I don't. I see the defence union as being as as that there are power. There are literally pockets of power being produced by the way that people are doing defence unions right now. And if we bring it, if we centralise it, and we provide, we provide um, transparency to all the countries, um, and it's an opt-in and opt-out situation, then actually you remove all those those divisions and you create a single entity. All the side deals, yeah, yeah, absolutely. People want. And, and we're not the only ones doing it. Australia and Japan are talking about having a defence union, you know. But, but no one's saying, oh, Japan and Australia, they're having an army. They're not. You know, a defence <laughs> yeah. union is not that. Um, and, and but there's look, Hungary. We're talking about having a uh, having a proper army, but you won't have read about that. Like having a, uh, you won't have read about that because it doesn't have the word EU in front of it. So we don't know to be afraid of it. So the yeah, press yeah. don't report it. But you know, there's literally we don't know five, to be afraid of it. The the, 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 <laughs> the prime minister of Hungary said that they were going to have this army between four or five European states. That's a European army. Uh, but no, and that's not that hasn't got the word EU in front of it. That's just that's such a good way of putting it, though. This is what the, this is what the press tell us. The press tell us what we're meant to be afraid of. Yes. <laughs> Shit, we're meant to be guys. You're meant to be afraid of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Jeez, oh. So, well, I think that's a good point to uh, to to wrap up. This has been absolutely brilliant, Steve. I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's been fantastic to talk to you. We have met in real life once before, but we, you know, we were with lots of other people, so we didn't get a chance for kind of in depth discussion. So it's been really nice. Uh, it's been really nice to get that chance. Huh? Yeah, I, 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 we, I, I think we talked about. I think we, we talked about some stuff, but we never really got into talking about the European Union. Really, we talked about. I think the campaign, but so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah quite, it's quite interesting to talk. It's quite interesting to talk to someone who who, who knows what's poster insert in a face to a whole lot of people that, 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 that don't. Um, I, you know, it's, it's nice. It's nice to, to to to. Also, you know, I'm I'm you were in the commission, so, and I'm I'm you know I'm an outsider. I've never been anywhere near the commission, so it's, it's quite nice. I say it's quite nice when I meet um, uh, when trade people retweet trade stuff because I always could think of myself as you know some fluff piece that on trade. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that I'm trying to make accessible you know accessible stuff to people, and and these trade experts are going, oh, that's that's a really nice. Exp- ex- early explanation. I'm like, yeah, that's that's really what I'm doing here. I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing any high depth trade stuff. I'm just trying to explain the basics. And so it's it's also really nice to speak to someone, you know, who's ex commission and I'm going to talk about this stuff. But and 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 so yeah, no, I'm I'm as an outsider, I've got a handle of this because I'm not an expert. I'm an analyst, and an analyst can easily go the wrong way. They can get the wrong information and then build up the model that's wrong. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's it's really nice to be in have a conversation and go. Yeah, I, actually, actually, I've met someone that, that should know what he's talking about. That I, that I agree with. So, 
Well, di- well, ditto because I don't do the forensic analysis for you because <laughs> I can't be asked. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we don't know how long uh, Chris is going to be off, um, but uh, I don't, I don't think he'll be back next week. So uh, hopefully, we can uh, we can get you back next week, and we might we might bring in uh, a couple of friends at uh, the Brussels end as well to uh, to join in with that. I think that would be great fun. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks very much for doing this, and thanks very thanks. much for being on Cake Watch. And uh, thank you to everybody for listening uh, to this extra long, uh, belated episode 20 of Cake Watch. Bye, everyone. Good luck. Natural loss, they can't